The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Thank you for joining this ACB Diabetics in Action call. Established in 2005, ACBDA is a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Our primary mission is to educate and support individuals living with diabetes and vision loss, parents and caregivers. If you would like more information about ACBDA, please send an email to acbdaorg at gmail.com. Our website is www.acbda.org. If you'd like to become a member, dues are $10 annually. Visit our membership page and website at www.acbda.org. Please keep in mind that we are not medical professionals and that this call is strictly for informational purposes and is based on our members' and friends' personal experiences. You should consult with your medical team before making any changes to your diabetes care regime. Again, thank you for joining us. All right. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to our ACB Diabetics in Action December 13th, 2023 education call. And believe it or not, this is our last call for 2023. Um I would uh, encourage everyone, if you're not already muted, to please mute so our speaker can have quiet while she's presenting to us. My name is Tom Tobin. I'm the president of ACB Diabetics in Action, and I also will serve as your facilitator tonight. Um, so we're glad you're here. And we have got a great speaker tonight. So, so it gives me great pleasure to introduce Kim Ladd. Uh, she's no stranger to ACB Diabetics in Action. She's presented to us in the past. Um, and at least for me, she's one of my go-to people for getting information on all things adaptive diabetes management. So, Kim, we're delighted to have you here. Uh, Kim works for the Virginia Center Rehab Center for the Blind and Vision Impaired. She also happens to be an RN, a registered nurse, and a certified diabetes care and education specialist among your, your other titles, Kim. You have many. Um, and I'm really proud to announce that given her expertise in the adaptive diabetes space, she was also a recipient of Accessible Pharmacies Vision Award this year. So congratulations, Kim. That's awesome. Um, tonight, Kim is going to talk to us about the challenges of enjoying the holidays while living with diabetes. Um, so I kind of shortened your introduction there. but So Kim, without further ado, thank you so much for coming tonight. We're delighted to have you back. And I know you're giving up your evening for us, so um, we appreciate that, and, and I owe you, so the floor is yours. <laughs> Take Be it careful. Away. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Yeah, I told, I told Tom, I'm like, man, I just want to sleep at night. I don't want to have to talk, so he's going to owe me big time on this one. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. So if you, if you hear snoring, I'll wake up soon. Don't worry, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, good evening, everybody. Um, I'm on the East Coast, so it's about eight o'clock here. Um, like Tom said, I am a registered nurse and a certified diabetes educator, and I work for the Virginia Department for the Blind um, as the diabetes educator. Just briefly, kind of my role there is we have a training center for blindness skills in Richmond, which I kind of call it like blindness college, like people can come live on campus 
and then they learn how to live with blindness and, we, and they're in classes all day. But one of the prerequisites is anyone that stays on campus, we don't have medical staff. Even though I'm a nurse, we don't have a doctor. So all nurses can do without a doctor is assess and educate. So I can't like pass out pills and do all that kind of stuff. So for anyone that wants to come for training, they have to be independent in their personal and their medical care. So my main, the main part of my role is I visit people throughout the entire state of Virginia um, in their homes and teach them to be independent with their medical conditions and their blindness so that they can attend the training center. I also help people that maybe aren't going to attend the training center, but, you know, want to live as independently as possible. And um, so I help them whatever it is they need to figure out, whether it be um, identifying their medications, you know, I hook them up with resources, um, um, checking their blood sugar levels, learning to use the Libre or the Dexcom, which are continuous glucose meters, just um, doing eye drops, anything you can think of that falls under medical care, um, I help people with. You know, there's no really curriculum for it. Um, as a nurse, you know, our nursing school, they didn't really teach us any of these things. Uh, you all have more experience in it probably than I do. So I've learned from the, re you know, from our staff, our blindness staff, um, through the years and we just kind of figured it out. So it's a lot of problem solving. So I don't have all the answers, but what I do is I just, I share what I've figured out with my clients and with the staff in Virginia and just kind of share the wealth. Cause there's a lot of um, states in the country that don't actually, I'm probably the only person that I know of that works for the blindness center and does what I do. So, Tom sends me out all over the place to talk to people. So thanks, Tom. You keep me busy. Um, and I enjoy doing and I enjoy doing that just, you know, to help to help healthcare professionals understand blindness better, because as you all know, you live you live in the world and there's not many doctors or nurses or healthcare entities that understand how to do things with low or no vision. So I speak to as many healthcare providers as I can diabetes educators and blindness training centers. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, so what I'm going to talk about tonight is we are in the midst of this holiday season. So I'm going to go over some diabetes holiday survival tips. So I have 10 tips for success. So as we know, you know, holidays are complicated. On one hand, we're excited to travel, connect with our family and friends and eat some fantastic food. On the other hand, you know, the traveling, the food and family dynamics can make the holidays challenging. And this is especially true if you have diabetes. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about tonight. What I always first like to do is I never like to assume that everyone understands what diabetes is, even those that have it, because I have met people that never really got a good explanation of what diabetes is. I am a nurse and I have diabetes. And even though I was a nurse when I was diagnosed, I still didn't know a lot about it. I wasn't really working in the diabetes world. You know, I learned about it in school, but I guess my doctor just assumed I knew everything. And I was like dumbfounded, um, you know, and went through all the denial and everything that people get when they find out they have it. So I, it is one of my missions to make sure that people actually understand what it is. Because usually the more you understand something, 
the better it is to manage it. All right, so diabetes in a nutshell is really a chronic disorder of carbohydrate metabolism. So our body has a hard time metabolizing carbohydrates. And this is because we don't have enough insulin or our body doesn't use the insulin that we make correctly. So the pancreas is the organ in our body that produces insulin. With diabetes, our pancreas is not producing enough insulin due to damage or either our body doesn't understand how to use the insulin that we produce. So diabetes is a chronic condition. There is no cure for it, regardless of what you might read on the internet or someone tells you because the pancreas is damaged. And as of today, medical science does not have a way to repair pancreatic beta cells that make insulin. So there is no cure for it. Um, you know, once you have it, you have it. Um, you can manage it different ways, either with diet and exercise, if you're in the early kind of stages, but most people need some kind of medicine, either insulin or pills or other shots like the Ozempic and the Trulicity and things that are on the market now. So that's kind of generally how you manage it. Um, so the purpose of insulin, it's a hormone, like I said, that our pancreas makes. The purpose of insulin is it pretty much kind of, when you eat food and you eat carbohydrates, your body metabolizes carbohydrates into glucose or sugar. So I'll use those terms interchangeably. That sugar kind of sits in your bloodstream waiting to be used. Insulin is kind of the key that gets the sugar out of your bloodstream into your cells. Your cells use sugar for energy. It is their preferred number one choice for energy. So that's why you need some carbohydrates in your diet so that your body can operate properly with the proper amount and type of energy. So with diabetes, all of the sugar is unable to be taken away out of the bloodstream into our cells. So it sits in the bloodstream. And I'm going to get back to that in a minute of why that's bad. So there are different types of diabetes. Type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes or insulin-dependent diabetes. Basically, type 1 is different from the other types of diabetes. It is an autoimmune disease. For some reason, a person's body attacks their pancreas and destroys the beta cells that make insulin. We don't know why. Hopefully one day we'll figure it out. Um, but this is usually, it usually, type one usually is diagnosed when someone's younger. However, adults are getting diagnosed with type one as well. And we're really not sure what is the cause of that. Some say environmental, um, DNA, all types of different things. But basically with type one, you have to take insulin or not to sound crass or you die because you are not making any insulin. So you have to take insulin either by pump or insulin shots. So only about 5% of people that have diabetes have type one. Type two, about 95% of people that have diabetes have this. And this is the type that I have um, with type two. I like to say that our pancreas is tired. So our pancreas is not working up to par. Kind of what had happened is our pancreas was breaking down 
and it realized it. So it was working extra hard trying to make insulin and it wore itself out. So um, if you have type two, you don't necessarily have to be on insulin. Some people, if they have enough pancreas working, they can manage their diabetes with food and with diet and exercise. Um, other people need to take pills. And then some people have to take pills and shots. There's all different types of medications for that, but I'm not going to get into that today. But just so you know, any type of diabetes is pretty much managed the same way, except type one, you have to take insulin. Um, there's also gestational diabetes that develops in pregnant women around the 24th to 26th week of pregnancy. And then about less than 1% of diabetes, there's one called latent autoimmune diabetes in adults. That's basically when an adult develops type one. Um, and then there's neonatal diabetes and maturity onset diabetes of the young, which happen in babies. And it's a genetic thing. They're very rare, though, but they do occur. So there's also a term called prediabetes, which I'm sure all of you have heard of. And this is just a term used for people whose blood sugar levels do not meet the criteria for having a diagnosis of diabetes, but they're higher than they should be. So prediabetes is really a warning sign that if you do not change your lifestyle, meaning eat healthier and get some exercise and manage your stress and do some of the things I'm going to talk about, you will develop diabetes. Remember, once you have diabetes, you can't get rid of it. But if you happen to have prediabetes, you can get rid of it and prevent going into diabetes. So it's very, very important for people that have prediabetes to take it seriously. And, you know, according to the CDC, the last stats they did were in 2020, but 34.2 million people have diabetes and 88 million have prediabetes. So that's a third of our population. So diabetes really is a epidemic. Um, all right. So if you have diabetes, you want to manage your blood sugar level. So just as a reminder, you want your blood sugar level to stay between 80 and 130. If it's up to two hours after eating, we let you slide up to about 180, but we really don't want it to go higher than that. So whenever you test your blood sugar, um, that's kind of the parameters you want to keep it in. If your A1C, which is that test that is, you know, they draw blood out of your arm at the doctor's office and they send it off to a lab. The hemoglobin A1C is it's a test that gives the average of what your blood sugar level has been over the previous three months. You want that if you have diabetes, you want that to be below 7% because kind of all the research shows if you stay below 7% you can prevent a lot of the complications of diabetes. So speaking of complications, the cornerstone of diabetes management is to maintain those blood sugar levels and the parameters that I just talked about to prevent complications because it is the complications of diabetes that cause the morbidity and mortality in people. So a lot of people ask, so how does diabetes cause complications? So basically, remember I told you when you eat and you metabolize food and it turns into sugar, it goes into your bloodstream. So any of that sugar that stays in your bloodstream, which if you have diabetes, some of the sugar does, it is actually an irritant. So the sugar's in the bloodstream and it's irritating your cells, your organs, your muscles, and that causes damage. And that actually is what causes the complications of diabetes. So like if the sugar is in your aorta 
And I mean, it's going to be all over your body because where does your blood go? It's everywhere in your body. But, you know, if you constantly have high sugars and it's irritating your aorta and your arterial system, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get cardiovascular disease. You know, if it's irritating um, the blood vessels to your kidney, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get kidney failure. So I hope that kind of makes sense. Blood goes everywhere in our body and the sugar irritates in the blood system. So that's why people with diabetes can get basically a complicated, name a body part, you can get a diabetes complication from it, unfortunately. So it really, really is important to manage our diabetes because we do not want to have the complications. I know people, I, the, I, a pretty, I'm pretty sure she is the oldest client that I've ever met that had type one diabetes. And usually, you know, type one you get as a child, so you're having it your entire life. She was 93 years old and had absolutely no complications from diabetes. I mean, she was amazing because back then when she was diagnosed, um, you were like tasting your urine to see if it was sugary. I mean, they didn't have blood sugar tests like they did she was um, sharpening her insulin needles and sterilizing her syringes. So, I mean, it was another world back when she got diagnosed. We have it easy these days, even though some things are not completely accessible. I mean, imagine 80 years ago, low vision, having diabetes, and you're having to manage it yourself. I mean, those were really the tough days. So um, we are blessed that we live in the modern world and we have all these things now. All right. So to control your diet, you, you really want to control your diabetes to prevent complications. So I have a few tips that I'm briefly just going to go through and then I'm going to get into the holiday related stuff. But basically, these are my diabetes management tips in a nutshell. So first, you have to make a commitment to manage your diabetes. You are the only person that can do it. It doesn't matter if your doctor tells you you have to or your spouse tells you or your daughter or son or anybody tells you you need to manage your diabetes. It is up to you to do it. So you need to own it, figure out how to do it, gain the knowledge you need and do it. Trust me, I know it stinks having diabetes. I mean, you can't get rid of it. You're living with it every day. You might feel guilty if you eat something you think you shouldn't eat or you don't walk today or whatever it is. Um, but don't let that get you down. You know, tomorrow is another day. I know that's cliche. But if you mess up today, just strive to do better tomorrow so that we don't get the complications. Don't smoke because, you know, diabetes already irritates your blood vessels, guess what smoking does? It also irritates your blood vessels and it constricts them. So you're already at a higher risk of getting cardiovascular disease with diabetes and smoking just exponentially increases your risk. So there actually is a free um, helpline for smoking. It is 1-800-QUIT-NOW. It is a free federal program. They do smoking cessation counseling and can also get like nicotine patches and things like that. I tell people, if you don't want the government to know what your name is or whatever, you can make up a name. They don't do any like background or anything. If you call them, they will talk to you and help you. So I like to give that 1-800-QUIT-NOW out to everybody. Make sure you visit your doctor at least every six months for a diabetes checkup. This is important for them to check your hemoglobin A1C to kind of see where your blood sugar levels have been and, you know, check you for any complications. 
Also take care of your teeth. Diabetes affects our gums. Um, more prone to getting periodontal disease and gum disease with diabetes. So even if you don't have dental insurance or can't get to the dentist, at least, you know, brush your teeth every day, floss, do what you can at home. Keep your vaccinations up to date. Um, people with diabetes are more prone to getting sicker if they get something just because your body is already fighting diabetes. You know, diabetes, your body's full of inflammation and things and any kind of other insult to your body um, just adds to the work that you have to do to stay well. So it's important to get your vaccinations that your doctor recommends. Pay attention to your feet. Um, you know, amputations are very common, unfortunately, in diabetes. That basically means that you don't have blood flow or your nerves are dead to your feet. Um, and what happens then is they can't stay healthy. So they end up cutting off toes and then cutting off feet, and then they just keep going up your leg. Um, so if you are able to manage your diabetes with, and your blood sugar levels, you can prevent having amputations. Um, establish a daily routine. Now, this is what our body wants to be in homeostasis. It wants to be your well. Default speaker so our has body changed to really, really AirPods Pro number three and will now be stay used. healthy. But we have to do some things to help our body. And one of those is establish a daily routine, especially when you have diabetes. Your blood sugar is your easier default speaker to has changed to Corsair Voidal HUSB gaming have a routine, headset and will now be the used. Same routine every day. Now, Get enough sleep. Your default speaker has you know, changed stress to Corsair Voidal HUSB gaming headset so and will now be used. Find something that helps you relax. It doesn't have to be the typical thing like yoga or meditation, but if those work for you, do it. Um, you know, it could be exercise. It could be gardening. It could be playing a game. It could be talking to somebody. It could be prayer. It could be music. It could be dance. Whatever it is that lowers your stress level, find something and do it every day. Take some time for yourself. Take your medications as prescribed by your doctor. That's very important. You want to have a way to test your blood glucose levels at home, either through a, you know, sticking your finger and using a meter or a continuous glucose meter or whatever it is you use. You want to exercise regularly. Exercise lowers our blood sugar level. Um, you want to try to get at least 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise. Moderate exercise is like walking, dancing. It's doing something and still being able to carry on a conversation. So you don't have to run a marathon. 
or run around the block. I mean, if you do run, that's excellent. That's even more exercise. But just get moving around, even if it is just you're listening to something every few every 10 minutes, just stand up and walk in place. Just whatever you can do to move your body, your body will thank you. And then the last tip is healthy eating. So balance, moderation, and portion control are the keys. And I'm going to talk more about them in a minute. All right. So I've given you kind of my management tips. I'm going to tie them into kind of this holiday message that we're going to do. So the holidays brings extra things to the table, meaning usually lots of food. I mean, I'm from the South. Everything we do is food related. You know, somebody's born, we eat. Somebody dies, we eat. You go to church, you eat, whatever. So it was hard when I was diagnosed with diabetes to kind of change my eating because also I didn't know that vegetables did not come fried until I was like an adult because my family fried <laughs> everything. <laughs> fried zucchini, fried green beans. We even fried our corn. I mean, it was like ridiculous. So so I, I understand the whole eating thing and trying to change your life. Um, so here we go. So even when everything goes according to plans, you know, the holiday season can be stressful. We get out of our usual rhythms of sleep and work. There are travel negotiations, eating out, parties, usually treats, sweets all over the place. If you have kids or on vacation, you might have visitors. And a lot of people are sad over the holidays because they miss loved ones. All of that stress raises blood sugar levels. So it's very, very important to take extra care of ourselves during the holiday season. So my number one tip is be sleep. Not getting enough sleep is associated with increased hunger, higher blood sugars, poor concentration, frequent illness and impaired problem solving. So make sure you give yourself the gift of at least seven hours of sleep at night. The sleep will help you make the best choices for your health and actually help protect you against illness. So remember, number one goal, get at least seven hours of sleep at night because you deserve it. All right, number two, keep active. You know, holidays can also put our exercise plans to the test. So we need to be flexible and creative in fitting an exercise to your schedule. You know, if you have friends and family over, um, join them, ask them to join you in an after meal stroll instead of just plopping on the couch or, um, you know, after if you walk after after you eat, um, it gets your muscles activated and you actually lower your blood sugar faster from the meal that you just ate. Just 10 minutes of walking after a meal can actually make a big difference. Other ideas is, you know, play catch or frisbee, put on some music and dance, rake leaves, um, have your family and friends sign up for a local walk event. There's always a walk going on somewhere. So, Goal number two during the holidays is work towards 30 minutes of activity every day. All right, number three, don't forget the fiber. With all the snacks and tempting food, whole healthy food sometimes takes a back seat. So be sure to enjoy the abundance of seasonal vegetables, fruits, nuts, and grains that are fiber rich and also help decrease inflammation in our body. Some examples are yams, squash, mandarin oranges, almonds,
biscuits, oatmeal, salads, and broth-based soups. So those are just a few examples. You want to try to get at least 25 grams of fiber a day. Fiber is your friend. It's actually labeled as a carbohydrate on nutrition labels, but it's I really don't consider it a carbohydrate because your body doesn't absorb it. When you eat fiber, it actually just sits in your gut, in your small, in your large intestine, and it sops up toxins out of your body, extra water, sugar, and then you poop it out. I mean, fiber is like the best thing you can eat. I mean, don't eat too much because then you'll get constipated. You have to make sure you drink enough water, but try to get at least 25 grams a day. All right. So number four, speaking of water, enjoy the ultimate beverage, which is water. It is the perfect way to keep hydrated, replenish, and actually helps keep your appetite in check. You know, make it interesting. Add some fruit juice or cucumbers or lime slices or rosemary to the water to flavor it. Just get creative. Sparkling waters come in a vast variety of flavors these days. They're calorie free and they don't have any artificial sweeteners. So it's a great choice. So number four goal is keep hydrated by enjoying plenty of water. Number five, keep an eye on alcohol. So some good news, bad news. Red wine actually is healthy. It's anti-inflammatory because it has resveratrol in it. Only red wine, though, not the white wine. So drinking a glass of wine of red wine a day is actually a health benefit. However, we all know that drinking too much actually leads to bad outcomes. So we need to be aware of how much we drink. You know, pretty much the standard is one drink a day for women, two drinks for men. That's because men typically are larger and weigh more than women. Um, that's kind of why it's not fair that they can have two. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so, um, you know, alcohol, though, the one thing I want to say about alcohol, alcohol actually lowers your blood sugar level. So if you drink like straight liquor and please, I'm not telling you to take shots of liquor, your blood sugar will actually go down. What raises your blood sugar when we drink is, you know, all the stuff added to the drink. So like if I ever drink, I like them sweet. So it's all the sweetness that's added to it that actually is going to make my blood sugar go up. So if you do drink, make sure you eat with it so that you don't get a drop in blood sugar. Um, the reason that alcohol lowers our blood sugar is because our liver sees the alcohol as a toxin. So it stops regulating our blood sugar because the liver plays a role in our blood sugar regulation as well. And it tries to get rid of the alcohol. So your blood sugar gets ignored and then it drops because your liver is trying to get rid of the alcohol. So that's why you want to make sure you eat when you drink. All right. So the goal for alcohol, one drink a day for women, two for men. All right, number six. So we are already sweet enough. So holidays and sugar go hand in hand. I know I'm bombarded with it and I love carbs. So this is like, I have to remember this, number six. Aim to eat less than six teaspoons of added sugar a day. So six teaspoons is about 24 grams of sugar. So this goal may not be realistic on all days, especially during the holidays, but aim for success most of the time because excess sugar causes inflammation and buildup of fat in our liver. One strategy is to limit sugar intake during the day and then save your six teaspoons for that special dessert or parties. So, you know, if you're at a party or a family gathering or something during the holiday season, it's okay to eat some of the sweets. Just don't 
eat that way all day, you know, kind of save your carbs for the party, you know, and eat smarter the earlier part of the day and vice versa. All right. So I mentioned earlier balance, moderation and portion control with eating with diabetes. So in case y'all didn't know, you know, there used to be a diabetes diet in quotations. There's not one anymore. Um, I really think what happened, this is my personal opinion. It was so strict. Um, like used, it used to be, I mean, you know, 20 years ago or so, if you got diagnosed with diabetes, you would meet with a dietitian and they would give you this list. They'd be like, you can have two starch exchanges and one protein and one fat for breakfast and so on and so on. And only 1500 kilocalories. Well, first of all, who knew what a kilocalorie was? Who knew what a starch was? I mean, so you had all this stuff. You had all this stuff you had to figure out and try to put it together. Of course, the dietitian knows because that's what she was taught. But, you know, a lay person or somebody who's never done this, they're like, forget it. I'm not going to follow this. It's too hard. So everybody just ate what they wanted. So finally, the people in white coats that make all these rules about diabetes finally wised up and they were like, forget that. We are not doing a diabetes diet. So basically what it is now is balance, moderation and portion control. We all pretty much know. I mean, we all know smoking is not healthy for us. We all know eating donuts every day is not healthy for us. I mean, we're not dummies. We know that. So basically any food that you know is not healthy for you, eat it in moderation and not every day. That's the basic rule for just kind of a, a reference. They used to what I'm going to tell you that we taught in diabetes classes about five years ago, but they even stopped teaching this because they didn't want to pigeonhole people into how many carbs should I eat a day. But I still like this reference because to me, it makes sense. It's it's actually more carbs than I think most of us probably eat, but it's a good kind of reference point. So basically eat no more than 45 to 60 grams of carbs per meal. So what does that look like? So let's take like a lunch where you eat a sandwich and chips and a cookie. Okay. So a slice of bread, most basically have around 15 grams of carbs per slice. So if you have a sandwich, that's 30 grams of carbs in the bread. You know, meat does not really have carbs. Lettuce doesn't have carbs. Mayonnaise doesn't have carbs. Tomatoes barely has carbs. So really your sandwich is only about 30 grams of carbs. If you eat like a bag of chips, they're usually around like 15. So we're at 45 with that. Um, you know, if you eat like a chocolate chip cookie, I'm going to say like just like a normal size one, it probably has about 25. So you're right at 60. So, I mean, that's not a bad lunch. Um, you know, breakfast, if you eat typical breakfast food, you know, Protein doesn't have carbs. Um, some packaged protein foods have some carbs in it, but it's still usually only one to five grams. So, um, you know, any dairy products are low in carbs, except milk. Milk has 12 grams of carbs per cup, regardless of the fat content. So a lot of people think skim milk has less carbs than whole milk. It does not. It just has no fat in it, which is good because, you know, increase in fat um, contributes to cardiovascular disease, which as diabetics, we have to worry about that. So um, 45 to 60 grams 
of carbs per meal and then two snacks a day of no more than 25 grams. I will tell you that a plain Krispy Kreme donut has 25 grams. So guess what Kim has occasionally for a snack? <laughs> I love Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> so it is okay to have one donut if you want it. Just don't do like Kim did before she had diabetes and go when they're hot and eat a whole dozen because they just melt in your mouth. So Kim can't do that anymore. <laughs> but it's nice to know that I don't have to suffer. You know, I can still have what I want. You know, um, Christmas time, I love pecan pie. It's like my favorite pie in the world. And it is full of sugar. So what I do is I just have one small piece and, you know, it gets me over the edge and I have it only at, at the holiday. So that gives me something to look forward to every holiday. It's like a Christmas present to myself. I get to eat a piece of pecan pie. So, you know, you just kind of have to do that with yourself. You have to bargain it out. If you're going to eat something that's high in carbs during your meal, drink water during the day and eat more protein. Um, and if you're going to eat something with carbs in it, there's a little trick you can do. Proteins and fat and fiber actually slow down the metabolization. I think I made up that word, but I like it of carbohydrates. So meaning, you know, sometimes if you eat like if I eat my Krispy Kreme donut, it is simple sugars. So as soon as I eat it, my blood sugar is going to go up really quick. And then it's going to drop down really quick. We don't want that with diabetes. We want our blood sugar levels to be like a wave in the ocean. It's always going to go up when we eat, but we don't want it to spike up and then spike back down. So what you can do to help prevent that is eat something with protein, fat, or fiber with that sweet. So an example I like to use is if you like ice cream, you know, get your cup of ice cream and put some nuts in it because nuts are full of fiber and protein and they will help not spike your sugar from the ice cream. So that's just kind of a little trick that you can use. I'm all about tricks because I love my sweets and I figure out how to, <laughs> I figure out how to fit them in. So, <laughs> all right. So I have five little tips for healthy eating. So one is eat slowly. It actually takes 20 minutes for your brain to realize that you're full. So slow down, enjoy chewing and swallowing your food. You will eat less and probably lose weight in the process. Plus you won't choke, you know, so take your time eating. We <laughs> rush through meals. So 20 minutes at least you will eat less and then you'll, you'll feel full and then you won't want that pecan pie or whatever it is you're eyeing. All right, eat breakfast every day. Grandma was right. It is the most important meal of the day. Breakfast literally means to break the fast. You know, we need fuel, which food is just fuel for our body. Our body needs it to start the day and energize and get through the day. So eat breakfast. It doesn't have to be typical breakfast food. It can be whatever it is you want to eat. Um, if you eat breakfast and you have diabetes, it actually helps to prevent low blood sugar, low blood sugar levels in the morning. Um, you want to you want to eat within one to two hours of waking. And also studies show that skipping breakfast actually makes you gain weight because people that skip breakfast tend to eat more food throughout the day. Another tip, if you don't have junk food easily accessible, you can't eat it. So don't stock your pantry with the food that you want to eat, but you know you can't have if your roommate your spouse or whoever you live with has a sweet tooth and doesn't have diabetes, please tell them to hide the food from you and don't tell you where it is. 
<laughs> and then if you want a snack, tell them, go get me 12 M&Ms and just that you don't want to know where they're hidden. Just have them be your gatekeeper. OK, it's much easier that way because um, you might have a moment of weakness and go in there and eat everything in your pantry. So you want it to be good food. All right. Doing a little homework about the nutrition value of foods will pay off. So, you know, we all tend to pretty much eat the same foods all the time, like whether it's meatloaf Monday and taco Tuesday or whatever it is. So whatever your usual meals are, you know, go on an app. Calorie King is a great app. It's accessible. Um, they also have a website that works with Jaws um, that you can put in any food, even restaurant food, and it will tell you the nutritional value of everything. So, you know, kind of figure out how many carbs are in things and how much you can eat, what a serving size is. Because serving sizes, nutritional labels are based on serving sizes and serving sizes are smaller than what the typical American eats. So just as an example, if anyone's eating ramen noodles, you know, it comes in that little pack. Did you know that ramen noodle is two servings? I never knew that until I actually looked at it the other day. I was like, what? <laughs> so, you know, you would eat the whole thing for your meal, um, but it's actually two servings. So just so you know that. And then just remember, no one is perfect. We all fall off the healthy eating wagon occasionally. It's okay. Just strive to do your best every day. Don't be hard on yourself. It's fine. All right. So now I'm going to circle back to the holiday tips. We're on number seven. Your teeth need extra special attention. So like I said, having diabetes increases our chances of getting gum inflammation and blood vessel inflammation in our mouth um, and swollen gums can also lead to increase in blood sugars. So make sure during the holidays, especially if you're eating extra sweets, you find time for regular oral hygiene and your mouth will thank you. So our goal for that one is brush teeth twice daily and floss at least once daily. Number eight. Keep connected to friends and family who love you just the way you are. As enjoyable as holidays can be, reuniting with family can also cause stress and stir up emotions. Feeling out of sorts can lead to stress eating and decreased self-care. So if possible, reach out to a trusted friend to share your feelings or keep a holiday journal. Consider bringing a favorite book along with you during your travels when you visit family or friends that you find inspiring and comforting and give yourself permission to get away from everyone for some quiet time with your book or whatever it is you want to do. Crocheting, whatever it is that calms you down. It's okay. You're not being rude because self because our goal for this one is self-care is important during the holidays. All right. Number nine. Enjoy an oxygen cocktail. No, that's not a new drink. It's just what it is, oxygen. Um, studies show that when humans venture into natural outdoor settings, heart rate and blood pressure improves. So take a moment to appreciate the feeling of the air on your skin. Take a deep breath of fresh air. You know, try to connect with nature. Listen to animal sounds and bird songs and just enjoy that moment. So your goal for this one is to step into nature daily. And number 10, holiday tip, take inventory of things that you are grateful for. Find a moment each day to reflect on a few things that brought you joy or good feelings. You know, maybe it was something like your cousin lent you a favorite sweater, or you have an aunt who gave you the best hug you've ever had. Whatever, special moments with a best friend or an after dinner walk, enjoying the fall leaves. These small moments of connection and beauty are one of the most treasured gifts of the holiday season that stay in our hearts and memories long after we say our goodbyes. 
So goal number 10, take note of special moments. So I know that was a lot of information. If you, you know, and it's not, you don't have to follow every single one of these tips. Just follow as many as you can. Any positive change you make is worth it and your body and health will thank you. Well, thank so you, there you Tim, go. Tim. I talked forever. I'm sorry, Tom. That was fabulous. Thank you so much for all your very informative comments and your ideas. And I like your tricks of the trade. We all need tricks of the trade. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so, but thank you for being here tonight. And um, as I said in my message, we're going to open up to Q&A. Allison, okay. do we have any hands raised? We do, Tom and Kim. Uh, first up, we have uh, someone with the telephone number 951 ending in 342. You may unmute and speak. All right. Hi, David. It's a great presentation. I hope you, you'll give your con if you're willing to give your contact information at the end. In case, are we allowed to email you if we, if we sure, need that's that fine. I'll put, it in, I'll put it in the chat and let me see. Let me find the chat and I'll do it. And it's, yes. Um, mm -hmm. I do have a question. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. Um, my name is Nancy. I'm a type two diabetic. I'm di I'm type two diabetic, and Kim I. Lad to everyone. Kim what is pre-diabetes rate for the A1C? Because I just, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm diabetic. I'm not pre-diabetic. I was getting okay. able to extend someone else. Yes. Um, and then also with, with, with in terms of fiber, I, I like to certain. I like to have the skins. A lot of the skins and fruits. Some vegetables have fiber as long as they're peelable, as long as you can peel those. Do you, you agree with that? Yes. I don't like to peel stuff if I don't have Yes. To. Okay. A1C level. So pre-diabetes is considered 5.7 to 6.4%. So once, oh, wow. once, once, your, once your A1C is 6.5, you are considered to have diabetes. Oh, okay. Okay. The 6 um, and the fiber, yes. Fruit that has skin is fiber as long as you eat the skin. So like you need to eat the apple skin. You need to eat the pear. You know, don't peel those off. Potatoes, you need to eat the skin if you can, because that's where all the fiber, most of the fiber comes from in fruit. Yes, I do. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate your You're information. Welcome. Other hands? Our next Ray. Yeah. Yes, we, we have a few, uh, three more right now. Uh, first up is Jason. Hi, Hi, Kim. This is Teresa here in Virginia with you. Yay! I want <laughs> to say thank you for coming, and I always enjoy talking to you. Um, and I want to attest to one thing that you brought up about crocheting. Yes. <laughs> it does really help with the stress of the holidays. Um me, I lost my mother on Christmas Day, and so Christmas is really hard. So I tend to crochet a lot, <laughs> um, not only because it's cool outside, but it helps keep my mind centered on what I'm doing instead of the past and what has gone on. And it stops me from going to the refrigerator or shoving food in my mouth, trying to take, I don't know, take those feelings away <laughs> um, and comfort food and things like that. So if anybody's out there that likes to crochet, it's a good thing to do to help you through the stressful time of year. And that's all I wanted to say. And thank you. It's so nice to see oh. your face. 
Thank you. Thanks, Thank Teresa. you for your testimony. And you know what? I have to agree. I call crocheting yoga for the mind because that's what it is. It, um, you know, a lot of times people, people that smoke when they stop and I'm not relaying it to, but I'm just saying, because people that smoke sometimes, you know, it's a habit to use their fingers to smoke. And then when they stop smoking, they tend to eat more because they don't have that thing to take its place. So that's another way to help stop smoking too, is pick up crocheting. And I know there's groups, there's blindness groups that have crocheting lessons and things like that. There you go. I mean, so it's yeah, not, that you I, can't do it. I'm you a can crocheter do it. and I teach. So there you go, Teresa. I just plugged <laughs> it. So you need to put your info in the chat if somebody wants to join it. Cause it is, it is great. <laughs> I'm terrible at crocheting. I have about 50 scarves and that's about, that seems to be the limit, but it still helps even making a scarf. I love yep. it. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, have Teresa. a nice holiday. Thanks you yeah. too. Who's right, next? Jane, Jane Perry, you're up next. Right. Hi, Jane. Hello. Thank you very much. This is Jane Perry, and I'm from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Hi, Massachusetts. Yeah. I've been to Boston, but that's I've, it. I've only I've been to Boston, but that's all. <laughs> oh, you're coming out of Cape Cod. It's God's country. Um, I should. Thank you so very much. I've learned a little bit more information. Good. And um, your information was phenomenal. I am a healthcare professional, but I am retired. My mom passed away two years ago. She was a pediatric nurse. Oh, wow. She, she taught children how to give insulin. So I just think it's marvelous that you are an RN, diabetic, and passionate about what you do. Thank you so and, much. Um, I have changed my lifestyle 100%. But I have two questions. Okay. My diabetes is from a eye syndrome called Bardet-Beetle syndrome. Ever heard of it? Oh, wow. Have you heard of it? You have stumped me. I have not. Please. Okay, you need to look it up because it affects every single system of your body. All right, and I'm writing it down. Adult post poster child. Okay. Just diagnosed with fatty liver disease. That's the other thing. My other other question is, some of my friends who have Barty Beetle syndrome, it's a rare syndrome, but it's not very rare, but it's part of one of the 12 syndromes of retinitis pigmentosa. So okay. The three major symptoms of Barty Beetle is the retinal degeneration, the overweightness, and you carry your weight in your hips like a pear, and the extra digits. That's the biggie. But there's other complications that you have along the way that you say with diabetes. But some of my friends say they are a borderline diabetic. Now, when I became a diabetic in 2002, I went to diabetes school and they told me there's no such thing. Is that true? Yeah, that borderline is just kind of a layman's term that people use for pre-diabetes. Yeah, but like a lot of people- Someone that says I'm legally blind, and that's yes, yes. Okay. So it's yeah. you know, it's in the South here. A lot of people say I got a little bit of sugar. That's <laughs> that's, that's pre-diabetes. You know, it's like, um, yeah. So well, I I tell them they have for their pre-diabetic. They're not really borderline because right. To me, it's not either one or the other. It's either you have it or you don't, or you have it's the It's exactly of it. right. So, yeah, it's like you're either pregnant or you're not. You either have diabetes or you don't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's no borderline. But, you know, diabetes is hard to accept. I mean, you know, because everyone, everyone knows someone that has diabetes. And 
you know, you probably hear a lot of horror stories or they had someone that died because of diabetes. And, you know, a lot of people like my mama started taking insulin and that's what killed her. So some people don't even want to go on insulin because they have this misconception about it. So I understand why people say that. And I have a lot of time. I mean, I will see somebody who is like on metformin and on like Ozempic and they tell me they're borderline diabetic. And I'm like, you're not borderline if you're on medication. Right, right. You have it. Very good yes. My brother was a type two diabetic, and he he doesn't do the right thing. So right, I it's, know it's hard. In order to live another thirty years, I'm sixty seven years old, but I'm going to live another couple of years. That I have to do the correct things, and it's giving up things that I like and like yeah. to eat, and I just can't do that. I even yeah. stopped having alcohol. So yeah. I really appreciate your call. But Thank you, you so much. Thanks, Jane. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna look up your syndrome now. Because, I love your accent. <laughs> um, I love your accent. I love oh, thank you. We love your accent, Jane. I don't think I have an accent, <laughs> but I guess you, you Massachusetts. You yet yeah, Massachusetts? I know. Everybody's definitely wrong. Okay, whatever. Who's next, Allison? Okay, <laughs> Thanks, Jane. Before I tell you who's next, I need to let you know we have about eight minutes left, and um, oh my goodness. there's okay. apparently no one in Clubhouse raising their hands because Herb- I haven't seen Herbie's hand. So, okay. Uh, area, area code four zero seven ending in seven six eight. You may unmute. That's Florida. Yes, it is. Yay, Florida. Hi, this is Shirley. And, Hi, Shirley um, Roberts. How are you? Hi, Tom. When I'm okay, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> what do you got for us, Shirley? Anyway, um, well, a couple of things. Number one, I'd, I'd love to eat all the carbs you, <laughs> you say that oh, people yeah. can have every day. <laughs> I know that's what the dietician first told me. I would have to up my medication to do that. Yes. So I just had to make that comment. I, I couldn't get away with that much with the medicine I'm currently on. But anyway, my basic question was when you talked about the 25 grams Press CMD carbs, plus tilde to reach pop up and lower hand. Press CMD snack. plus tilde now, to reach pop up and lower hand. The two, the two snacks combined a day no. or per each snack. I basically have snack. one snack a day. Like I yeah, said, for I, each snack. It's for okay. each one. Each one, yeah. Wow. You know, 50, yeah. yeah, yeah. Typically, to me, it seems a little bit high, but if you know, I just try to kind of give the highest level so you don't feel no, bad. No, I know, and I get that. I'm not yeah. trying to give you a difficult yeah. time. I just so, had to kind of chuckle because I know I've I really have to um, adjust mine from what you said. Now, I could probably get away with that if I wanted to take more medicine. Yeah. So you know, it's it's sort of a um, what's the word I want to use? You know. Um, sort of, um, you know, kind of a trade-off. That's what I was yes, looking for. Yes, yes. A little bit of a so, catch-22, you know, Shirley, yeah. So I really appreciate uh, what you've talked about, though. You you present, you know, you present very interestingly, and I'd like to thank you so much for doing it. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for being here, Shirley. We appreciate that. You give our best to Lynn, and who's next? I will. Else? Thanks, Tom. You take you care. You guys have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Roberta is next, and then we'll go to Clubhouse because I see Herbie's hand is raised. So then go ahead, Roberta. Announcements. Oh, hi there. Okay. Thanks, Kim. You know, no matter when I hear you talk, no matter what you talk about, it's always interesting and informative. Thank you so much. And I, I, something came up recently on our list, and I just wanted to remind people with type two that if your situation progresses where 
you need more medication and the medication you were taking is no longer doing the job, it's not your fault. Mm. I'm clapping my hands, yes. Yes, because type two is a progressive disease and the the pancreas is going to continue to decline in its ability to do the job. So, you know, I just, I'm type one. So, you know, I have some advantages because if I want to eat that Krispy Kreme donut every day, all I have to do is take more insulin. (laughs) I'm not listening to you. I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) But But of course I, I pay the price and the excess weight, you know, poundage around the waist. But, um, but, but, uh, you know, I just want to reassure people. It's like, it's not your fault. Don't, you know, don't beat up on yourself. If you're been doing the same thing for years and now all of a sudden it's not working. So it's it's a day-to-day thing, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Roberta said it exactly right. It is progressive. And I guarantee almost everyone with type two diabetes is going to end up on insulin and it's not your fault. It's just the pancreas gives up. I got on the phone and I missed the part. I think you may have made a recommendation for how many carbs we might have at each meal. And I know you have to individualize that. Right. But what was your recommendation? So 45 to 60 grams per meal. And then no more than 25 grams per snack. Okay. And then I just have a comment, Kathy. Um, I'm sure. Oh, wait. I may not have got your name right. But anyway, I wonder if you give your contact information. Um, I had a meeting with um, somebody who was downloading my sensor things. And I just realized sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Right. I mean, I had actually thought, I'm not going to go into details here, but I had thought that um, a higher level was acceptable than was acceptable. Uh, and and now I know. <laughs> and now, so. For your, are you talking about everybody. like a CGM that you're using? Yes, I basically, I just got a CGM okay. and I wasn't able to really track my blood sugar results. I guess I should confess here. I knew that it was up to 180, okay? Yes. But I thought, oh. Well, that's two hours after meals. You don't pay attention to what right. it is right after meals. But what my diabetes educator said was, no, we don't want it 180 at any point. And for me right now, since I've progressed a little bit, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Kim Latch, everyone. Really Kim Latch, 804 371 3977. Kim. Dot Latch. No, 180 is only up to two hours after meals. But, you know, some people on a stricter because of their individualized case. So you really kind of try to need to do what your doctor says. With the CGM, it is easier, you know, because you can see when you eat something, you see it go up and then you see it come back down. The doctor's office uses time and range with a CGM. It's Uh unfortunately the time and range is some of the data you can get on the app. It's not accessible with voiceover or anything, unfortunately, but that's what your doctor is going to look at. And the parameters set for time and range is 80 to 180. So they want that time and range to be greater than 70% of the time. So, so they'll we'll make you here for one second. Yeah, Jenny, thank you. We'll, we'll make sure Appreciate that your contact that. information is on the list. Okay, um, yes. great. So we're that's wrapping it. up thank here you. tonight, Kim. So I just want to thank okay. you so much for being here tonight and did it once again did a fabulous job. 
just a reminder to folks, um, this is our last education call for 2023, but we do have a casual chat this Saturday, as John Gassman posted to our list. So if you didn't see it, check the list. Uh, Saturday, the um, 16th at 5 o'clock Eastern. Um, so be there if you want to be part of the casual chat. And Allison Smitherman, I wanted to thank you again for being such a lovely host of ours for the entire year. You've done a great job. You're always a consummate professional. And um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bid you farewell and everybody have a happy holiday and a happy new year. Take care.